too much of a good thing is not a good thing. I love Ben and Jerry's ice cream. I love Terry Garcia and cookie dough and fish food and tonight dough. I love all of it. And when I sit down on the couch with some Ben and Jerry's, it's a, it's a good thing. But a few minutes later, when I've finished an entire pint in one setting, it's not a good thing. Too much of a good thing, it's not a good thing. Well, this morning, we're going to talk about a subject in which we rarely ask the too much of a good thing question. Screens and technology. Now, researchers say that we are in the middle of a massive societal experiment, that we have the first generations who are now being raised through school who have been on screens since birth. And it's not my generation, right? My generation got personal computers in high school and got smartphones in their 20s. It wasn't our generation. But now we have kids who are proficient with an iPad before they can read or write. And we're wondering, what will this lead us to as a society? Uh, Christian writer and thinker Andy Crouch wrote a book called The Tech Wise Family. It's brilliant, highly recommend it. But he says that it could be that the proliferation of technology, especially screens at earlier and earlier ages, may well be remembered as one of the most damaging epidemics of the 21st century. Screens are influencing the way we live. And I want to be clear. I am not demonizing screens this morning. I'm using a screen right now. (laughs) I'm not saying we should be Amish or we should just throw away all of our phones and TVs and computers. But I am thinking that we need to put technology and screens in their proper place. Now, lots of benefits from technology. We experience benefits from technology every day. So as a reminder, if you need to call someone and wish them Happy Mother's Day, make sure you do that. Over the last year, I don't know what we would have done without technology. We should have all bachelor's degrees in Zoom. Right? Technology has upsides. But when does it become too much of a good thing. And do Christians, do Christ followers have a particular way to put screens in their proper place, to live in right relationship with technology? So today I want us to see that scripture helps us pay attention to what Jesus is doing in us before we give our attention to screens, give screens our attention. Screens are an inevitable part of Our lives, but we need to make sure that we are being shaped by the right things before we are being shaped by screens. And when I say screens, I'm not just talking about phones. I'm not just talking about social media. I'll I'll jog your memory. Here are some, some, but not all of the things we use screens for. Obviously, for social media, but for work for email, for Zoom, for communication, for text, for phone calls, for FaceTime, for shopping, for web surfing, for entertainment, movies and shows, Netflix, video games, other games people play on their devices. We read books on screens. We use screens to follow the news and to follow sports. They're everywhere. It's inevitable in our lives. We will be on screens. But we also need to realize that they're not neutral, 
We've, we've come far enough that we understand through lots of research, screens are not neutral, that they're actually doing something to us. There are countless books and studies and documentaries that confirm this. Uh, to name a few, recently, uh, The Social Dilemma on Netflix is fascinating uh, to, to watch about the influence of social media. Uh, the Shallows is a great book on what uh, the internet is doing to the way we think, the way we read. Uh, iGen is a book about the way uh, technology is influence, influencing the lives of teenagers. And then I, I mentioned the TechWise family. The TechWise family is a great book on sort of ordering and putting technology in place with boundaries as a family, but it has lots of good research in there that I'll mention in just a minute. But we could talk all day about the research that's been done, but I wanted you to see that the evidence is overwhelming that screens shape us whether we realize it and admit it and own up to it or not. So we know that we cannot avoid screens, but can we regain some leverage in our relationship with screens? So let's look at Colossians chapter 3. Starting in verse 15, it'll be on the screen. We're just going to read a few verses. He says, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let's pause right there. And I'll confess something. I need this sermon as much as anyone else. Lately, I've been very convicted about my use of technology, been convicted about emailing all hours of the day, convicted about sitting on the couch and scrolling through social media for half an hour at a time. And if you believe it's half an hour, then I'm sorry. <laughs> Been convicted about not being present to people right in front of my face. A few weeks ago, I was reading an article on my phone, and uh, it was about how our technology is keeping us from being fully attentive to the people right in front of our faces, and how that communicates to them that they're not as valuable to us as what's on our screens. And you might do this all the time where you pass somebody and you're like, hey, hey, how's it going? Like they're walking by you and you're just looking at your device, right? And so I, I felt convicted about this and I've decided that whenever I'm in the building and I'm walking around and I inevitably have my phone in one hand and a cup of coffee in the other, that I will put my phone away if I run into somebody and have, even if it's just a short, quick interchange, I'll just pause and have a face-to-face, look-them-in-the-eye interaction. Um, and, and I'm not even good at that, if I'm honest. So if you're on staff and you're like, you do? Um, I'm trying, I'm trying. Give me a break. Uh, but here's what I want you to see. Screens, by their very nature, pull us away from the present. By their very nature, they're mediating us to another location. They're pulling us away from what's happening in the moment. And what we see in this text in Colossians is that what God desires to do in our lives is happening right here. 
And that if we want to grow in the things that Jesus wants for us, it won't happen unintentionally and haphazardly. We have to pay attention to it. We have to be present for it, be present to what he wants to do in us. If we're so distracted and and absent from the moment, then we'll keep missing what he desires to do. And many of us keep finding that the way that we use screens is pulling us away from the people we want to become. In the TechWise family, Andy Crouch cited a survey of parents and their experience with technology. And so when asked to respond to the statement, technology has made my life easier but not more joyful, 13% of parents said technology has added joy to my life. 13%. 9%, 9 Less than 10 made me a better parent. Can you identify with some of those thoughts? And then to the statement, technology has made my life harder, 42% said I wasted a lot of time. 40% said I'm more distracted. You see, technology isn't evil. It serves a wonderful purpose in our lives, but by their very nature, screens are causing us to neglect being present for the very things that God desires to cultivate in our souls. So in this text in Colossians, I want you to imagine that your life is like a bucket, that your life is a bucket and that God desires to fill that bucket with certain things and that as he fills that bucket with certain things, that those things overflow out of your life into the world around you, into the lives of your classmates and your coworkers and your family members and your parents and your kids and, and all those in your life, your neighbors, your teammates, that God desires for certain things to be filled up in your life and for those things to flow over, overflow into the world around you. The first thing he says is to let the peace of Christ Rule in your hearts. God wants to fill your bucket with peace. And the Greek word for rule, rule in your hearts, is the word arbitrate. Right? Arbitration is to make a, make a decision between two competing values. So we have a lot in our world that's competing for our attention and our affection. How do we decide what gets our attention and affection. He says to let the peace of Christ be so rich and deep within you that it helps you make decisions, that it leads your life, that it guides the way you interact with others. But here's my question. Do screens fill your peace bucket? Do screens fill you with peace? Or does the way that you use screens make you restless? Do you fear you're missing out on something? Does it ever cause you to rage at the news or at others' opinions on what's going on in the news? Does it ever cause you anxiety over what you haven't done yet or what you need or what you need to fix or respond to? Does it fill your peace bucket or does it stress you out? What we do on screens often unsettles us and leaves us with a lack of peace. But what God desires is for your bucket to be filled with peace so that you experience his peace every day and that others see his peace in you. Thank you. 
The second thing he desires to see in our buckets is that the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. He wants us to be filled with the word of Christ. Now, when we hear word of Christ, we might think Bible, and that's not a bad thing, but this text was written before the Bible as we know it was composed. And so when he says the word of Christ, he's really talking about the truth of who Jesus is and what Jesus came to do, that Jesus was God's son and that he came to earth and died on the cross to forgive us of our sins, that we might have a right relationship with God to do for us what we could never do for ourselves. That that's the truth, the word of Christ, who he is and what he's done for us. And he says that you should sing about this. And you should tell it to yourselves over and over and over again so that it sinks deep in your bones. He desires for the truth of Jesus to go deep and rich in our lives But do phones and screens and technology, do they make us deep or do they make us shallow? Do they keep us distracted? I know for me, when I'm on my screens, it's like a game of digital ping pong. I have my phone out and I'm on Instagram and I'm checking the weather and I'm responding to a text message and I'm answering a phone call and I'm sending two emails And I get alerts, 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 alerts. I'm doing one thing and another alert, you know, jumps in and tells me I've got to do something else. I'm on my computer at work and I'm trying to write a sermon, but then an email pops up and I've got to answer an email. I've got to go back to writing a sermon. Oh, I forgot to look that up. I've got to make reservations for something really fast, right? Like, it's like digital ping pong. I'm sitting there with my kids watching The Masked Singer. I got my phone out, scrolling it, looking on social media at the same time. I cannot be in two places at once. Are screens helping us go deep or are they making us distracted and shallow? Jesus wants his truth to dwell in us richly and deeply. He wants people who have depth in a shallow world. The third thing that God desires to fill our buckets with is to do everything. It says to do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So whatever you do in word or deed, be filled with thankfulness. If you want a deep, growing life with Jesus, it requires gratitude. It requires thankfulness. It requires contentedness because when we're thankful for what Jesus has done for us, it changes everything. It changes the way we live and the way we see ourselves and the way we treat others. It changes everything when we live with gratitude because of the grace of Jesus. But do screens fill us with gratitude or do they drain our buckets of thankfulness? Does your time on screens make you more thankful for the life you have? Or does it cause jealousy and envy? Does the constant access to consumption and purchasing and accumulation lead to contentment and satisfaction with what you have? Is working around the clock on your devices leading to a more grateful attitude about life? Our screens are constantly holding before our eyes what we don't have, what we haven't done, what will never be. Are they making us thankful or are they robbing us of gratitude? 
See, Jesus wants us to be filled with thankfulness and with his word, with his truth, and with peace. And we will not cultivate the disciplines of Jesus in our souls if our lives are distracted on screens because the things that Jesus desires to fill in us will be found in the present where he's at work, not on the other side of the screens that are draining us. So I want to give you four short questions to help you wrestle a little bit with your intentionality with screens. Four quick questions. Content. What are you looking at? What are you doing on screens? What are you doing and is it reinforcing? Is it filling your bucket or is it draining it? What are you doing? The second question, how long? It's a duration question. What are you doing and how long are you doing it? The third question is an intentionality question. When are you on devices? When are you on devices and for how long and what are you doing on them? And is it filling your bucket with peace, with truth, with gratitude? The fourth question is a purpose question. What for? What are you, what are you getting on devices and screens for? So what are you doing on them? How long are you on them? When are you on them? And what is the purpose driving you to get on screens? If we ask those questions, it's just a start of trying to be intentional and present with screens so that we don't just mindlessly let them drain us of what God desires to do, but that we take a little bit of leverage back. Now, here's the other question is how can we pay attention not just to what screens are doing, but how can we pay attention to what Jesus is doing? And the answer is Scripture. Scripture helps us pay attention to what Jesus is doing in us before we give our attentions to screen, to screens. Scripture reading is a practice that we can all do that helps us pay attention to what Christ is doing in us. In fact, we've been in this series now for five weeks and we've looked at some of the major sort of cultural things that are happening in our world like consumerism and individualism. Last week we talked about feelism or emotionalism. And as we've asked the question, how do we live as Christ followers in light of those things? The answer has been the word of God. And that's true for this too. How do we get leverage over screens that desire to Form us is with God's word. Eugene Peterson says, the, the Bible, all of it, is livable. It is the text for living our lives. It reveals a God-created, God-ordered, God-blessed world in which we find ourselves at home and whole. The Bible tethers us to what God is up to in the world and what God's up to in our lives. So I want to challenge you this week for seven days, for one week, to read scripture before you use your phone in the morning. That's my challenge for you. Seven days. Do it for seven days and see what it does. If you need accountability, ask someone to check in on you or check in on someone else. If you miss a day, if you make a mistake, if you get up and you check that email, give yourself some grace. Try again tomorrow. For seven days, read scripture before you do anything else. And if you use your phone to read the Bible, like I do, just don't do anything else before that. You might decide to go on paper for, for seven days, but see what it does. Give it a shot. 
Read your Bible before you do anything else. Again, Eugene Peterson says, and he's a Presbyterian pastor that wrote an amazing book called Eat This Book on Scripture. It says the scriptures read and prayed are our primary and normative access to God as he reveals himself to us. The scriptures are our listening post for learning the language of the soul, the ways God speaks to us. They also provide the vocabulary and grammar that are appropriate for us as we, in our turn, speak to God. We need God's word to fill us and to guide us and to teach us what God desires for our lives and the world. That screens can drain us. Screens can drain us. They can wear us thin and wear us out. But I don't think they have to. I think if we can approach them first with our minds and our hearts set on what God desires to do in our lives, it will help frame that scriptures don't, I mean, screens don't just drain us, but we are able to have the truth of God that we're not just having our buckets drained by screens, but we are filling them first with the word of God. Imagine your life as a bucket, as a bucket that God desires to fill with his truth and with his peace, and with his thankfulness, with thankfulness for what he's done for us. To fill you with those things so that the world might see them overflowing out of you into the world. But it starts with scripture and filling ourselves with the truth of who Jesus is and what he's done for us. May we be a people whose buckets are filled with the things of Christ before we engage with screens. Before we give our attention to screens, let's give our attention to Jesus, that we might have him in the proper place in our lives. Hey, I'm going to invite the band to come back up and lead us in our closing song. And as we, as we sing together, as we close this service, I just want to remind you to reflect on what Jesus is doing in your life and to invite you that maybe you need to say yes to Jesus for the very first time. If you need to do that, we'd love, I would love to talk to you. One of our pastors would love to talk to you and pray with you. There's a lot of stuff going on in a lot of our lives. We're grateful we get to worship together, to be filled up by the truth of Jesus and what he's done for us.